What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 290th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I am your host, SBJ, and with me today is Will. Aloha. I have returned from the islands of Aloha. How was it? It was wonderful. I got to um, go to a lot of different places from my childhood, which I haven't been to in a very long time, and just relax and enjoy having fond memories and delicious food that you can't get in other parts of the country. And, you know, meeting people and, and seeing, I met some, some listeners, which was cool. Got to see some Pokemon movie, you know, all the good stuff. You were, were you born in Hawaii or you lived there no, for No, like, I moved there when I was like five. And you lived there for like three years? For like six years, five, six years. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. Speaking of living on an island... <laughs> Al is with us. Are we all not living on an island? I suppose. Yeah, no, no, no. We're on a continent. <laughs> What's the difference? That's the question. Um, I believe there is some geological differentiation. Uh, from what I understand, it's basically just whatever we decide is a continent. Because there are, it depends how you define a continent. So if you think about the seven that people were generally taught at school... There's nothing that separates them from other things that we can refer to as continents that we just ignore because they're not interesting enough. Boy, we're getting real um, deep right off the bat. <laughs> mm. Mm? Well, I was going to say something about continental shelving, and then I was like, our listeners don't want to hear that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> we can do another podcast about that. Uh, yeah, geological we'll, podcast. We'll corner the market on that. So we got an exciting show for you guys. We got some Pokemon news. Surprisingly, there was... There was uh, some news this past week. There was the big, uh, the last big reveal that the Pokemon company announced, and it was nothing more than just showing off Mimikyu's Z-Move, which we already know, but we'll go ahead and talk about that in a bit. We have some Pokemon news. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do some emails. Then we'll do our Pokemon of the week. And then uh, we are, as of this recording, five days away from Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. By the time this goes up, we will be four days away from Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. And uh, I will be streaming Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon at 8 p.m. Central Time on Friday. So I know a lot of people are probably doing a stream right at 12.01 a.m. when it comes out. But uh, I know from my past streams and you know streaming pretty much full time for the last month that the majority of my audience likes when I start around 8 p.m. And it's also Friday, so some people have to work or some people have to they have responsibilities that day. And so I'm going to do 8 p.m. on Friday. I'll probably talk about that near the near the house cleaning segment again because I am forgetful when it comes to those things. But I don't want another 17-hour episode like last week. So let's uh, jump into some Pokemon news. Uh, first bit of news here is, Will, this is a spoiler. No, it's not. Yeah. Pokemon Global Link, the schedule is out. Is that a spoiler for you? That is not a spoiler. All right. Oh, by the way, Will has not looked at spoilers, but Will and I have. All um, right. Can, can we rephrase that as, Will has not looked at spoilers, but Al and Steve have. <laughs> because Will and Al are two different people. Yes. Most days of the week. Sometimes. Except Fridays, we, we merge into one. <laughs> like Power Rangers. 
The first events for Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon have been revealed for the Pokemon Global Link. Yes, that's still a thing. A full schedule of missions are available. So starting on launch, November 17th through the 28th, uh, you have to catch a lot of Pokemon. Uh, from December 12th through the 27th, so it looks like there is a break in between these global missions. Uh, have fun Mantine surfing. From January 9th, through the 23rd, win at the Battle Agency. From February 6th through 20th, harvest Pokebeans. These are all spoilers. Now we know that the Pelago is back, Will. We know. That's okay. March 6th through the 20th, trade Pokemon at the GTS. Get your shiny Charmanders and Beast Balls that are clearly hacked. Uh, from April 3rd through the 17th, hatch a lot of eggs. From May 1st through the 15th, get battle points at the Battle Tree. We know that the Battle Tree apparently still exists. And from June 5th through 19th, play. <laughs> they saved the hardest one for last. Use the Festival Plaza. <laughs> uh, that is pretty difficult, given uh, unless they've made significant changes to the way the Festival Plaza works. Oh, God. Uh, Does it have more information rather than just use it? This is, I'm sure that there is, uh, it does say here that so far details about the global, first global missions have been revealed, starting with the launch of Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, ending on November 28th. Players aim to ch catch a total of 10, 10 million Pokemon. If the event is successful, all participants will be rewarded 2,000 festival coins if the event is a failure. <laughs> participants will only be rewarded 1,000 festival coins. Players who registered on, on or before the end of the mission will receive twice as many festival coins. Players who registered on the before... The, this sentence is badly written. Bulbapedia will receive twice as many festival coins. The Master Ball will also be available to those who register their game to the Pokemon Global Link from November 17th through January 30th. Players who register both games will receive a Master Ball in each game. Well, that's pretty fancy. First time you can get a second Master Ball that isn't through the Goldenrod Radio Lottery? No. The Lotto in X and Y could give you a Master Ball as well. So just well, go. Yeah, no, all the lotteries have been able to do that for you. Was there a lottery in every game? I don't uh, think the one in Sun and Moon could, because that was just the the one in Festival Plaza, and the best you could get from that was a golden bottle cap. Oh, okay. Then I was confused. I thought you could get a Master Ball from that one as well. I don't remember a lottery in black and white. Where was that? Uh, Castelia City. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I spent zero time there because that city was not great. Well, you missed out. Did you not do the surveys where you would set up the surveys, the street pass surveys? I think I did the survey once and Ugh. then never again. You missed out on all the fun. Two Master Balls right off, right off the bat? That seems pretty okay, especially with the amount of legendary Pokemon that are going to be in the game. It seems okay. Yeah, but nobody ever used the Master Ball. If it, using the Master Ball is like a mark of shame. You know, if you're not catching your Solgaleo or your Lunala in a Premier Ball, it's like hang your head in shame and, or, and walk <laughs> off the scenes crying. Or a Luxury Ball. You gotta save your Master Ball for that shiny Abra who teleports on turn one. 
but okay, that is acceptable. Or Correct. the sh- or the shiny electrode that ex- uh, that self destructs on turn one. Also acceptable. Of course, you're forgetting the best thing for the Master Ball, which is of course Mewtwo, because they are perfectly designed for each other, color wise. When you said Mewtwo, you probably meant to say Gold Duck. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's what you can use your second one for. Oh, there you go. That's why they give you two. One for Mewtwo, the second one for Golduck. Well, except you're going to end up with three because you get one from the in-game and then one oh, well, from... The, so you have four, actually. Yeah, but the so two, four total. The two you get for registering are for each game. So you've got a Mewtwo in each game. So you shiny hunt one Mewtwo and then you just catch the other one and then you're good to go. A shiny Mewtwo in a Master Ball. Oh, Isn't shiny that's... Mewtwo green? Yes, exactly. Probably hacked. Probably hacked. <laughs> Prop- yeah, it should be in a in a dusk ball. Ugh, I don't really like the way the dusk ball looks. Tell that to my tattoo, dag nabbit. Not th- not that not that pre-orders matter too much. They like pre-orders don't matter as much as they did in the early to mid two thousands. But I feel like the Pokemon company could have sold more pre-orders if they did offer like an extra master ball as a pre-order bonus instead of what what was the pre-order bonus for if you got both x and y it was like pokeballs wasn't it, or was it, was it like potions? Tw- it was like 20 pokeballs and 50 revives or something like that it was such a it wasn't even that good like 50 revives actually sounds way better than what some of the rewards they've offered in the past because at least you could sell 50 revives for some money i think the Japanese one was 10 quick balls, which isn't bad at the beginning. I mean, what's a quick ball? Like a thousand, a thousand dollars? Yeah, I think it's something around there. Sure. I mean, it's that's not, not going to be more than that. That's for sure. It's not that great, though. No, but you've got to remember that early game, you don't have much money. So the point, the point of these giveaways is that you have them when you start off in the game. Look, I'm just going to take the first six Pokemon that I catch and trade them to some other game for eggs so that I can have the Pokemon that I want. <laughs> Balls don't matter. Don't matter. It's going to be a, a full Gen 5 run, and all those dudes are in Premier Balls. So, done si- and six done. Six yeah. No. Um, I mean, I, I, have to, I have to make a solemn pact for everyone right now. I will not be using Volcarona in Ultra Moon. I'm okay. make, making no guarantees for Ultra Sun, but I will not use Volcarona in Ultra Moon because I've used Volcarona in like every version except for Moon since I could get a Volcarona. You know what you will be using, Will? Your brand new Bill the Bear Bulbasaur. Oh, I have been so shamed by the internet for that when that came out. Boy, oh boy. You'd think that I was like paid for the information that i give out here <laughs> i was i was telling al before the show when we were waiting for you that i definitely said build a bear was coming and you called me out and you were like where's the source on that and i was like i i don't know i just read it somewhere i don't know where i read it but now it's official it's official this is off polygon.com allegra frank can't put of any course. cute clothes on that though you can, put oh, sorry. can we talk about that scarf right <laughs> you, if you're talking about no cute clothes that scarf Perfect. Yeah, let me just get the scarf. Let me just get a, an adult human scarf. I don't need the I don't need the Bulbasaur. It's it's not cute on you though, Steve. Oh oh. 
I'm sure that scarf is probably like 50 bucks on its own because it's Build-A-Bear. All right, what did Allegra have to say? Build-A-Bear will has begun selling an online exclusive bundle featuring Bulbasaur. These extras include the trading card, the voice chip, a stylish ski hat scarf combo. It will set the fans back $55. If you want the Bulbasaur without the hat and scarf, which I don't know why you would, uh, that will set you back $35. Wait a minute. Bulbasaur is weak to ice moves. Why would he be skiing? Well, that's why he's wearing a hat. Yeah, that's why he has the that's scarf. That's not enough, not enough protection, given our, also our recent a scarf. temperatures. <sighs> is, is that a held item in the Pokemon games? Hat and scarf? Yes. It gives you like, is, half damage from ice-type moves? Well, if you read the spoilers, Will, of Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, the new <laughs> held item is the Bulbasaur scarf. Oh, wow. It, okay. It works right. like Eviolite. It just is, uh, you know... A, Three times as effective as Eviolite and only works on Bulbasaur. I'm intrigued as to why you chose Eviolite as the example and not example and not the light bulb. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know at all. <laughs> because Eviolite works on Pokemon that don't evolve. So I'm, I was thinking that Bulbasaur, well, it works on Pokemon that evolve, but you don't evolve them. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah I get that. Wouldn't be an episode of It's Super Effective without Pokemon Go News. But how, how do you guys feel? Actually, Al, this is, this is your territory, right? You have Harry Potter schools all over Europe, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Yes, schools of wizarding. It is, it, I believe that's right in your backyard. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is off nianticlabs.com slash blog. Uh, November 8th, the magic of Harry Potter is coming to a neighborhood near you. Now, the reason we were talking about this is, is, is very clear. I get that we are not a Harry Potter podcast. I get that this yet has not <laughs> yet. That's why we got Al on the show. We're slowly breaking into the wizarding schools. Uh, I think it's very important to talk about this because uh, whether you like it or not, Pokemon Go is bigger than the main series Pokemon games. Uh, we've talked about the revenue before, talked about the player base. More people play Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go makes more money. Uh, it is the second coming of the Pokemon fad that people believe to have happened in the 90s. Uh, it's very important that Niantic, who makes Pokemon Go, is now making a new game. This is right off their blog. Almost five years ago, Niantic launched Ingress, our first augmented reality mobile game turning real world streets neighborhoods and cities into a global game board and bringing people together in their shared digital reality the incentives it creates for exploration exercise and the real world social interaction helped spawn a global community of fans united by their shared experience and laid by the foundations of niantic's real world ar gaming platform pokemon go brought that vision to the world at an unprecedented scale and served as a catalyst for further development of the Niantic platform. Which brings us today. We're incredibly excited to announce the next steps of evolution of AR mobile entertainment with Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Players have been dreaming of becoming real world, real life wizards like Al, which will finally get their chance 
to experience JK. It's weird that they mentioned you in this press release. Uh, experience JK Rowling's Wizarding World. Players will learn spells, explore the real world neighborhoods and cities to discover and fight legendary beasts like Mewtwo, Necrozma, <laughs> and team up with other <laughs> others to take down powerful enemies. We are thrilled to partner with Warner Brothers Interactive Games and WB Games San Francisco's development team to bring this magical and beloved series to life in a brand new way. Harry Potter Wizards Unite will leverage these buzzwords. Uh, the full stack of Niantic's platform while providing an opportunity to pioneer all new technology and gameplay mechanics. We look forward to seeing you outside on your next adventure. Stay tuned for our social channels and updates as we work to bring this game to life. John Hanky. So do you know what I heard there in all of that? <laughs> I heard multiple teams from multiple companies working together. This does not fill me with uh, any sort of encouragement. Uh, I, I have another blog post, but before we get there, are you guys are you guys Harry Potter fans? I feel Depends like what you mean by fan. I feel like Will hates Harry Potter. Uh, no, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Oh, really? I actually was listening to a Harry Potter podcast long before I ever started listening to It's Super Effective. So mm, I'm a I'm a big Harry Potter podcast. I thought fan. I feel like. You would be a person that would hate Harry Potter. No, I actually went to a midnight release of uh, Deathly Hallows and stayed up reading the book. I just wanted to know what house uh, Al is in mm, from, mm, mm. was in. That's a good question. Well, uh, wait, 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 Al, are you, are you a Harry Potter fan? I read the books, I watched the films, I enjoyed it at the time. Okay. don't really care anymore, to be honest. Mm. I don't dislike it. It's not like I have a hatred for it, and I actually, you know, I spent a long time in my childhood reading them. Um, and childhood. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Will. Sorry. But yeah, it's kind of been one of those things that has just transitioned out of my life, I guess. Same exact boat as you, Al. Except we're uh, we're on different continents, so. <laughs> wow. Di- different. So different boats. Just to explain. Just to explain my my Harry Potter sort of experience, um, when, when did the books first come out? Was it 99, 2000? No, it was earlier than that. It was 96 or uh, 7. Well, well settle, settle down, Europe. We know you got the books first. Yeah. Oh. We're talking the US version here. Sorcerer's <laughs> Stone, sir, not Philosopher's oh, no, Stone. Come on. The philosopher, <laughs> this is the thing that really gets me, right? Is it completely changes the whole meaning of it, right? It's nothing. It's, True. It, oh. and, and the thing is, it's not like philosopher is a complicated word. We all know what a philosopher is. So why? I don't. Oh, oh. Uh, because because <laughs> philosophers are not magical. MPS schools oh. did not teach me what a philosopher was. Magical philosophers are magical. Anyways. Truer words have never been spoke. When the book first came out in English, I, there was, <laughs> we were in English in America. American English. You know English. what I'm saying. Um, oh, it, <laughs> I was approaching uh, a Christmas one year, and I had to get something for my grandmother, and so I bought her the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in large print, and because I was like, oh, you know, I heard this book is very popular with a lot of different people, and my grandmother used to just love to read just anything and everything, and I was like, this will be a nice gift for her, Did- so I got it for her. 
Huh? Did Harry Potter not get popular in the United States until the third book? That was my understanding because I remember uh, maybe no. I, I think remember the first one was- a lot of people buying all three of the first books at once, or there were like bundles of the first three books. There were bundles, definitely. But my grandmother absolutely loved it, and then you know, just like the whole family got into it, like my literally, like me and my grandmother and my mom. And we had like both the British and American audiobooks on CD to listen to. And like when I would go and visit them, I'd listen to the CDs because it's like a seven hour drive and, and all of that. So, I mean, like, and also like when Fantastic Beasts came out, me and my mom went to see that together last year. That movie's year. better than all eight of the other Harry Potter movies. 100% correct. It is fantastic and full of beasts. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, so you are incorrect. Harry Potter has has been a huge part of my life. Okay, and, uh, all right, and it's something I do enjoy. If if you're unfamiliar with Ingress, it it has two teams in it. It has, I think, the red team and the blue team. I don't know if they actually have no. names. It's the green and the oh, the green, green and blue team. Green and blue. The blue team is the resistance, and the green team is the enlightened. I don't know why it was why I'm thinking red. Pokemon Go has three teams, of course. Valor, Instinct, Mystic. This has four teams, I'm assuming. I don't think there's a a hidden fifth team in the Harry Potter world, but uh, I'm assuming it's going to be broken down in the four houses of Gryffindor. Or four houses of Hogwarts, sorry. Starting with Gryffindor. If you're unfamiliar with the houses, Gryffindor, I'm assuming, will be red. Gryffindor people value bravery, bravery, daring, nerve, and chivalry. Uh, I'm assuming the yellow team will be Hufflepuff. They'll use hard work, dedication, patience, loyalty, and fair play. Blue team will probably be Ravenclaw, which values intelligence, knowledge, and wit. And there will probably be a green team, which is Slytherin, which values ambition, cunningness, and resourcefulness. Uh, Al never answered the first question. Al, what house were you in? Well, that's the, that's the question, is what house would you guys be in? Ah, uh, that's a good question. So, I did the... Did you do the online test? Pottermore? Yeah, that was what it was. I'm assuming Potter... Oh, that's the other thing, is I'm assuming Pottermore will link with this. Because Pottermore is a pretty big website, right? Pottermore is like the Pokemon.com of the Harry Potter world. Do people still use it? Uh, yeah, oh, they, yeah, people they, still pay they for They just Pottermore, updated yeah. it with your... Per- oh, per- people per- actually pay for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think Pottermore said I was Hufflepuff. I think I can't remember. Do you um, feel like you're Hufflepuff? The secret is the Sorting Hat in the books said you're in whatever house you want to be in. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm sure, like most people, I wanted to be in Gryffindor because I think that is entirely the point of the book. It makes you want to be in Gryffindor. I don't think I'll be playing this game though. What house would you say that I was in? I mean, to me, it's perfectly obvious. Uh, I I think I know what house he'd be in. So, Al, what would you say? Oh, I don't know. It's going to be silly if I'm wrong. I'm going to say Slytherin. I'm going to say Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw, dude, I am not evil, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, no, right. Slytherin isn't entirely evil. No, okay? right, right, right. Like, there are evil people in Slytherin, and most of the evil people do end up coming from Slytherin. 
but it wasn't entirely evil. Otherwise, they wouldn't have it in the school. <laughs> they would just, anyone that became a Slytherin, they would just, like, immediately banish them to whatever the name, Azkaban, or whatever it was called. There's evil, and uh, evil has many levels. But Irene, who is a big Harry Potter fan, uh, definitely believes I would be in Slytherin based off what I read earlier. And I think I agree with her. Slytherin people are very independent compared to everyone else. Because I can't be in Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. I have zero patience. Yeah, and you're not really a hard worker. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I I would say Slytherin. Yeah. Oh, you can't say he's not a hard worker when he's currently looking for a job on a podcast. That's really mean. (laughs) Future employers, uh, I am not a, a good evaluation of his employment potential. The other thing, okay, so to tie this back to Pokemon, uh, Niantic put a blog post out two days later, and it says, titled, Looking Ahead, as you can imagine, the Harry Potter news hit a lot of people's radar. It was a very big announcement coming from Niantic. Although, wasn't it, it was like rumored almost a year ago, three or four months after Pokemon Go came out, these rumors started to happen. Oh, heck yeah. Trainers. Just like many of you, we were super excited about Harry Potter Wizards Unite and are working hard with our partners at Warner Brothers Interactive and WB Games San Francisco development team to bring that to life. However, we, the Pokemon Go development team, want to say that we were we are 100% committed to creating an ever-changing and growing game that gets our players exploring, meeting each other, and deepening their connections to the Pokemon universe. We are actively expanding the Pokemon Go development team to build many more amazing features in 2018. Stay tuned for an update next week on the upcoming improvements and certain features. Our Ingress, Harry Potter, Wizards Unite, and Pokemon Go development teams are all hiring. You can take a look at our positions and apply here. Thanks, the Pokemon Go development team. So two parts to this. Uh, One is that it was nice that they said, hey, we're still committed to Pokemon Go. Don't think that the Harry Potter news means we're going to drop this million dollar cash cow and move on. Uh, the second one is we're supposed to get a Pokemon Go. Uh, we're supposed to get Pokemon Go news next week. So that's exciting. Hopefully they're not dropping Gen 3 uh, so close to Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, but we'll find out, I guess. What you hear from that is we don't have enough people to do what we want to do. <laughs> they're hiring for um. all teams. Ow, we got a lot apply? of money. No, no, I didn't apply it. I'm not Steve, a game. Did you apply? I did not apply. I mean, I am in the position for a job. They have a lot of positions open. Yeah, I applied. Go and get me some of that Pokemon Go cash. Uh, I'm I'm curious how different this game will be compared to Pokemon Go and to Ingress, but uh, I don't think I'm gonna like stick with it. I'm definitely gonna play it when it comes out, just to see. Well, so the interesting thing is that Ingress didn't really have any collection to it. Um, You controlled your portals, much like you control gyms, and you obviously had the items to uh, attack and defend gyms. But there was no real other collection apart from that. Obviously, a Pokemon game would have collection as part of it. I guess they were talking about these beasts that they have in this new Harry Potter one. I guess you could be collecting them. But it's just, I wonder whether there'll be any collection as part of it, or whether it will just be another control and defend thing. And there were lots of concepts in Ingress that didn't translate over to Pokemon Go, like the 
Uh, I don't know how much you guys played Ingress, or if you played it at all, but there were keys that you could use to link portals together, which doesn't exist in Pokemon Go. Keys that link together? I have no clue <laughs> what that great. is. You could make li links between two portals, and if you connected three portals in the triangle, it would make a field, which uh, gave your team points. That sounds sweet, though. It was pretty cool, because you had to be you had to go to the portal to get a key. So it's kind of like how you get the gym badges now, but you could get multiple of them, and you would use a key to link the two portals together. So there would be loads of really big global events where people would communicate to get keys from one side of the world to the other, and then you could connect the two of them. And there were points, there was a specific day, that there were several of these days where half the world was covered by, you know, 10, 20 people who'd had got these keys but there'd obviously been like you know a good 100 to 200 people that had been involved in the process for getting these keys across the world it was really good fun well i feel like that was probably the biggest pokemon news that wasn't directly related to pokemon but could have fooled us because tpci said that there was some big pokemon news this week following the battle agency news and that news was New Alolan forms. Just kidding. Mimikyu's exclusive Z-move was revealed. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> oh, you're horrible. I love how they were like, big news, and it's literally just a Z-move. A Z-move we've known about for months because they showed it off in that toy. Well, okay, so I think it's been weeks, not months. And I think the... <laughs> Zed, the Zed crystal for Mimikyu being in that toy was a mistake. Like, the listing was probably mistakenly showing that off. I don't think that was meant to be the reveal. So this was obviously meant to be the big reveal. And then when that happened, they were like, well, should we stop that reveal? Ah, uh, no, let's go for it. But also... One Z-move, though? I don't think one Z-move is newsworthy at all. But it's so creepy. <laughs> Oh, Al, thank you for agreeing with me. I was, I was so disturbed by like the whole thing, the whole thing. Like, I just, it's, it's brilliant. I love it, but I can't decide whether it's which is scariest about this game, that uh, this new move or Necrozma. Both of them are really creepy. Uh, this off uh, Bubble News. I've got the press release somewhere, but there's is way shorter, so I'm going to read this. Mimikyu's exclusive Z-move, Let's Snuggle Forever, also in Japan known as Bip Bop Friend Time, has officially been revealed. Let's Snuggle Forever, or in Japan, Bip Bop Friend Time, is a new fairy-type Z-move in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Mimikyu can only use it if it knows Play Rough and is holding Mimikyumium Z. Uh, while Play Rough can also be upgraded to Twinkle Tackle and Ferium Z, Let's Snuggle Forever, or in Japan, Bip Bop Friend Time, uh, is more powerful than Twinkle Tackle. Part of the animation of Mimikyu's Z-Move had been seen in previous trailers, and the Mimikyumium Z had been revealed earlier by Merchandise. Oh, man, that name. But can we just say, like, how disturbing the english name is <laughs> just did you guys watch the video for it of course all right the fact that it comes out and it's all like hearts and rainbows and it's like 
let's snuggle forever. And then what what he does, it's just horrible. So creepy. And then he just like tosses <laughs> just tosses him into the woods. I'm done with you. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's not it's even false advertising. Let's snuggle for well about five seconds. Uh get it right. Bit bop friend time, Al. <laughs> Would you stop saying that? <laughs> what, bit bop friend time? Oh. Uh it's really there are great. So many I things you. I just can't say because of this podcast. I had some uh BB and Bop in downtown Honolulu that was real delicious. <laughs> Final bit of news here is Pokemon the movie I Choose You. This is off GameSpot, not to be confused with GameStop. Pokemon the movie I Choose You may not be limited to a theatrical appearance in the U.S. Three weeks after it premiered, three weeks after its weekend event in theaters, the film will air on Disney XD alongside two new episodes of the Pokemon Sun and Moon anime. The new film is retelling of Ash and Pikachu's fateful meeting and their journey to find Ho-Oh. The movie movie... What? What is the sentence? The movie movie is being released to celebrate the 20 years of Ash's adventure. Uh, the Pokemon the movie I Choose You will air in theaters next weekend. Uh, the Disney XD premiere will reportedly, report, reportedly begin at 9 a.m. Eastern time with two anime episodes, and then the film will re-air at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on November 25th. I think this is like a Thanksgiving Day weekend movie, I feel like, that's happening. I don't... I feel like they they actually announced the dates, but I'm not seeing it on Bubble News or on this game spot. Either way, the movie's coming to Disney XD. Just go to your PlayStation View, because we're sponsored and supported by... PlayStation View, that's a joke, but go to your PlayStation View, type in Pokemon, find it, and then hit record, and then whenever it debuts on Disney XD in two weeks, you'll have a recording. Uh, there you go. I don't know if I can survive that movie again. Oh, are we going to get into this, or are we not? Uh, I don't want a two-hour show. Also, uh, we probably shouldn't spoil the movie, but I think uh, Al hated the movie, I love the movie, and uh, Will I didn't, cried. I, I, putting <laughs> Will... words into my mouth again, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I strongly disliked certain parts of it. I, I cried from start to finish. Correct. Yeah, it was. It was. It, I. I. It was worth seeing in theaters. Uh I probably would have saw it again in theaters if I didn't know that it was going to be on Disney XD. Now I'm kind of satisfied just to wait for it to show up on Disney XD, so I don't have to spend I don't know fourteen dollars on a another ticket and twenty dollars on a bowl of popcorn. They got popcorn in Europe, Al. Is that a thing? That is a thing. It is also stupidly expensive. Okay, that was my next question. I'm glad you knew where I was going with that. Because I went to the cinema last night, and it was like five pounds for a tiny little packet. How many squids is that? But you know what the weird thing is? I don't know whether (laughs) cinemas do this over there or not, but you could pay for toppers for your your popcorn, which were like M&Ms and Skittles and stuff. Wait, what? They put Skittles in your popcorn? Yes, which mm. just to me sounds weird. Like, so you've got these M and M's, and you put the M and M's in your hot popcorn, and then they're going to melt and make your popcorn all sticky and chocolatey, which just sounds oh, horrible. Yes, delicious. No. Um, what What do you mean that your popcorn is served in a packet? 
Is that, do you mean oh, like a no. small ship? No, that was, yeah, that was just the wrong word. It, it comes in like the little kind of weird cardboard, I guess tub. it's like a bowl. Yeah, tub, yeah. Tub. yeah. Square tub. Squ- wait, square to you? Square tub? Yeah. No, so if it's, it's square, it's a box, sir. Oh, okay, if okay. If it's round, it's a tub. No, well, no it's not, okay, it's box then. It wasn't, it was not round. They're, they're square. Yeah, ours is round at, oh. at my movie theater. Oh, that's yeah, odd. The, the, the round is the appropriate shape for popcorn because popcorn is a rounded food. Well, it's not squared off. It's um, not and really I believe round in Europe, though, it's it? actually called uh, pop maze. I think maze <laughs> is the word. <laughs> maze is when it's not, it's not harvested. And it's corn when it's been harvested. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Will did did your mom go? <laughs> did your mom go with you to see the movie? Yes, did she we like saw it? it at the Dole Cannery in in downtown Honolulu. Is your mom a Pokemon fan? She is. Is she not? Uh, somewhat. She's not a huge Pokemon fan, but um, she's has played like she played X and Y. She's played some Sun and Moon. So I mean, she enjoyed it. Well, we won't get into the, we won't get into spoilers for that. But if you're curious of what my thoughts were, you can listen to last week's episode. If you're curious of what Al's thoughts were, it was very much vocally expressed in Slack. There was about a thousand messages or something over about four or five hours last week. There was a lot of talk about that movie. For uh, if you if you would have asked me. Like a month ago, if I thought a lot of people were going to see that movie, I probably would have said no. Uh, and a lot of people ended up seeing that movie, which is awesome because it, it had a lot of people had thoughts about it. So that's I guess that's great. I rather would have thoughts about it than people just going than walking away and going, that's ah, been like the last 14 movies because one's the, like the last movie, Volcanion and the Marvelous Machine or something like that. I don't remember what it's called. Marvelous mcgearna not a single person mechanical like marvel mechanical marvel like no one talked about that movie afterwards it was just like yep this is just another pokemon movie but this movie had a lot of i had a lot of uh people talking about it so i think that's probably down to two things i think one is the fact that it had a theatrical release and all around the world it was on the same two days and so within 48 hours basically everyone who was going to see it had seen it and so that, you know, whereas with a film that goes straight to DVD or it's on the TV, it's going to be in different countries at different times. Like you guys will get it and then six months later we'll get it, which is already a year after Japan has got it. I know Japan has already, <laughs> I know Japan already got it, um, in the cinema, but apart from them, um, everyone else got it at the same time. And I think I would say, and feel free to cut this bit out if you think it's too spoilery, but I do think that the reason that it's had so much debate is because it is a better film than most of them. And because it's getting closer to that actually being a good film means that people start to nitpick it more, I would say. Yeah. Uh, no, and I don't, I don't think that's too spoiler be- spoilery, but I think a lot of people liked it, but also at the same time, a lot of people had, a lot of people nitpicked it more than other movies. I think you are correct with that, Al. But yeah, we won't, we won't, we won't, we won't dawn on it too much. Uh, what we can do though, is we can take a quick break and then when we come back, we will do some emails and we will do our Pokemon of the week, which is Delcaddy this week, by the way. Uh, so we will be right back. (laughs) 
We are back from our break. Bring you Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon spoilers. No, I'm just kidding. I feel like I, we keep making this joke throughout this episode, and people are like, "Nope, I'm turning it off. They're gonna, yeah, gonna let loose." You've already lost half the listeners, including me. So, so many spoilers. Okay, so before we get to emails, uh, want to take a second, pause, put on the brakes, uh, talk about the state of the podcast. Uh, I think it's important we talk about this. I was talking with the admins in Slack. They highly suggested I bring this up again. Will was part of that conversation, so Will and I are just going to go over things real quick. Uh, I say state of the podcast. I want to be clear that it's, um, we're not canceling it super effective. It's not going this way, but I do. Oh, I had my hopes up. <laughs> hopes real high. But I do want to talk about the uh, Patreon a little bit more in depth. Uh, if you're already a Patreon member... Maybe still listen because maybe you're not fully aware of all the things that the Patreon offers, but it's been 30, it's been just over 30 days since uh, I lost my job. So in that time, I've applied for over 25 positions that I felt I was qualified for, that I felt that I would, that I would be okay doing. So that's pretty much almost one position a day. Uh, And I've gotten, as as we know from like two weeks ago, I got a couple, you're overqualified. I got a couple, this is all great, we'll call you back next week, and they never do call me back. So um, I've been chatting with people. Irene has been contacting people for uh, for advertising deals and sponsorships and stuff. So I'm trying to get things moving, but I think really, I mean, I'm, I'm going to continue applying for jobs, but as I said originally, like 30 days ago, doubling down on it super effective even though i'm not sure how i'm doubling down since i've always treated it super effective like a full-time job except now it is the only job and i think i should really start admitting that it's my job to do this and to keep doing this and to do even more of this and because of that i want to talk about the patreon because it is it, it it's almost like you guys are all my bosses yeah yeah because you guys pay me yes you guys pay me to do stuff to make content to create stuff for you uh so i want to make sure that one you guys enjoy the the stuff i make two that you're happy with the patreon donations you're giving or the twitch subscriptions you're giving and three uh, i want to make sure that communication is completely open so that if you have any questions comments concerns about how things are going about how the quality of content or about what I'm actually doing, you guys can feel free to uh, make that happen, whether that's with just emails or Twitter or your wallet. Uh, I think that's very important. I think I don't I don't have like a script. I don't have anything written down, kind of like doing this off the cuff. Uh, I think it's important to talk about because this is this is really all I have. And with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon coming up, um, this is a this is like the biggest time for Pokemon. So it's kind of like my my big opportunity for new people to find the show and hopefully for those people to enjoy the show and stick around. I mean, yeah, we always pick up a few new listeners right around the time that a new game comes out and hopefully some of them will stay with the, uh, with the podcast as time goes on because now they're going to be doing a new game every year anyway. So you may as well stick around. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I mean, we have other stuff that's good, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, through through its super effective, people find drive check. Through its super effective, people find mythical. Through its super effective, people find the carve. The carve. <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah, that's well, actually like a good one. <laughs> where you can bone up. There. So I was I was looking at I was looking at Patreon. I was looking at crunching numbers. I get asked all the time whether that's through Slack or even through Twitch if. If there's enough for Patreon for me to, you know, stop looking for a job and do this full time. Uh, and that's hard to answer, right? Because uh, I don't think Patreon would ever get to the level, at least not right now, to uh, replace what my salary was at my last job. And that's fine. I'm totally willing to take a, a very huge pay cut to do what I love doing, which is this. That's that's not the issue but the but there is the issue of making sure I can live month to month comfortably doing this, and to also then use the movie, use the money to you know pay for all the services and everything I use, uh, as well as like travel because something like PAX, like the Patreon didn't cover that. Like a lot of that came out of my wallet, but the Patreon barely even covered the hotel cost. You know, a whole nother conversation. Don't have to worry about that. But. Um, I did I did some math, crunched some numbers. So uh the average donation for the ISE Patreon is three dollars and eighty cents. And through what Patreon recommends and every every you know data cap from what Patreon suggests is that most people's average donation is five dollars throughout all content creators. So we're a little below that. And I, I, I think that's okay. You know, some people can only donate a dollar and I think that's fine. Some people can only donate two dollars, that's fine. But if we were to raise that average donation by up to $5.20, which is $1.40 more. So let's just say everyone gave $1.40 more. That would raise the entire Patreon goal for ISE by 25%, which is huge, I think. Uh, so we're going to do two things starting by probably by the time you hear this podcast. The, one, the first thing is uh, in order to get into Slack, which has been $1 a month, I, I don't think... It's unheard of if we raise it from one dollar a month to two dollars a month. I mean, how long has we been? Have we been doing the Slack? Has it been a full two years now? Uh, it's. I think it has been a full two years. Actually, I think it has been two years this month. All right. So intro intro period is over. <laughs> <laughs> Bump it up to two dollars. I, th- I think if you can afford a dollar, you can probably afford two dollars. It comes to twenty four dollars a year. Which is which, which is not all at once, right? No, it's no, it's literally two dollars a month on the, and it's on the first of the month, right? Slack, I mean Slack, uh, Patreon always takes right on the first of the month. Yes, yes, I believe so. Fifty yeah. fifty cents a week that gets you access to Slack. That also gets you access to the Patreon only content. So, uh, for example, if you're if you're not interested in Slack, I know I know there are there are a ton of people that you know they just want to donate the the dollar or in this case the now two dollars and they don't want to worry about slack they don't they don't need that uh, you do get other stuff uh like there is a exclusive tcg episode for um slack people that i did with kid and it's really great and everyone said they loved it and they want more of that it's because of patreon i can do stuff like that and if there's even more of an interest uh we can you know make make that more to the public so we're gonna raise the minimum from one dollar to two dollars a month if you're already pledging a dollar uh, I can't force you to upgrade, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick you out of Slack at this point. <laughs> maybe maybe one day, no. But uh, you know, I would encourage you to upgrade to the two dollars if you can. Of course, I've always said this. Please 
taking consideration yourself, your own finances before me or any other content creator. The other thing we're going to do, this is a this is another steep increase here. I've always had the gold channel, which gets you exclusive access to a special channel in Slack called Gold, uh, where I'm not going to reveal what goes on there, but it is it is a pretty cool channel. Uh, everyone seems to have a lot of fun there. But the more important thing out of the Gold channel is you get access to the Sun and Moon anime podcast that Irene and I do called Alola Vacation. Uh, and you'll get the you'll get all the old episodes of that and all the new episodes of Alola Vacation to come. So we're going to raise that from $4 a month to the steep, steep price of $5 a month. Oh, no. It's very dramatic. So those are the two things. We're raising both of those by a dollar. The I just published, by the time you're listening to this, there is a new episode of Alola Vacation that you'll be able to listen to. But going forward, uh, all the Alola Vacations will be locked behind the $5 paywall. So you will have to pony up one extra dollar if you are a uh, gold member. I don't think that's a lot to ask. The gold channel and the just $1 chan- the $1 reward and the $4 reward are our most popular rewards. So if everyone in those tiers were to just up their pledge by a dollar, that raises the overall Patreon by 20%, which is very, very significant, especially after everything I've, I've discussed up to this point. The other thing is we, we do have other channels. I feel like we don't mention this enough, but maybe we should. Uh, the next channel is our Crystal channel, which is $8 a month. comes to about $2 a week, $2 an episode at that point. Uh, you get invited to a Crystal channel, which is kind of like the Gold channel, except more limited in that, in that aspect. It's a little bit of smaller. It's a little more tighter-knit community because not as many people are in there. Uh, you also get the first invites to all events. So if we do something on Rabbit or we do something game-wise like Mario Kart or something of the sort. Uh, Crystal channels always get the first invites to that. We don't do that very often, but that's something I want to do even more of now that I have now that I have the time to do that. <laughs> so Crystal, Crystal people get access to that. Again, that's $8 a month. That comes to $2 a week. Yeah, and there's some topics. While we have special topics that we discuss only in gold, there are other topics that are even more select that we only discuss in Crystal. Everyone there is great. The next Patreon pledge we have is the Helix Snail Mail, which is $16 a month. That gets you everything. All the, all the rewards go retroactive. So if you're a Crystal member backer, you're a Helix Mail backer, you, you get a Lola vacation, you get everything below Gold Crystal. The Helix Mail will get you a monthly letter from me, handwritten or typed, and almost always it includes some kind of new stickers or buttons that are released. Uh, I'm, I don't guarantee the stickers and buttons because sometimes how the manufacturer are with the stickers I like to order, sometimes I might be able to, I might miss a month, but you still get the letter. You still get stickers and buttons, not guaranteed, but uh, so far every single letter I've sent out, uh, they've all included stickers and or something else in it. So that you get that once a month. You also get 10% off the store. There's not a lot of stuff on the store. There's some shirts and some artwork and stuff. You do get a 10% off code for all of that, plus all previous rewards. The next one is the Mythical tier, which used to be just uh, the Google Hangout tier, but I've discovered that not a lot of people like the Google Hangouts or don't they don't seem very interested in Google Hangouts. So this is where uh, initially when I said, if you guys have feedback, if there's specific rewards you're looking for or something that you're willing to pay for, uh, let me know. I think I've learned that no one really cares to do the Google Hangouts. 
So I rechanged the the that tier to the mythical tier, which is twenty five dollars a month. That will give you behind the scenes stuff of mythical. It's something we've offered in the past for mythical, and people seem to really like it. I think the first round of mythical people got our play sheets, or at least my play sheets and the rules and instructions and everything that Greg made. Got those all printed out, piled up. Uh, all my notes that I took for the season. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure I remember stickers and everything, exclusive mythical stickers, and they got sent those. Uh, this will offer behind-the-scenes stuff of Mythical, of the making of Season 5, and possibly more stuff on the horizon. I don't want to get much deeper than that. But if you're a big fan of Mythical, that's $25 a month for that program. And I was telling Will before the show, like Mythical is so much more work than it's super effective. The last episode, episode 2 of Season 5, took me 4 hours to edit, and that you might know that episode's only 20 minutes long. How many total content hours do you think is season five? How many hours? Yeah. I want to say... Or how many episodes worth do you think you're going to have? I think we're going to get about eight episodes out of season five. If we, All right. If we stick to 30 to 40 minutes, which was kind of my goal, I, I think we're going to get about eight episodes. Yeah, because the, the interesting thing about season five, at least as as much as I know, is where season one was streamed on Skype, right? Yes. And season 1.5 was done at Gen Con, or that's actually season two now, was yes. at Gen Con, right? Correct, yep. Season three was on Skype. Skype and Twitch, yep. And season four was everybody was in a room together at a certain secret location. <laughs> yes. Season five was also recorded at that secret location because I was there. You were, yeah. So there's some real interesting stories that uh, came out of that particular <laughs> adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's great, and it it's it was great for that opportunity of getting us all together and having us record in the same room. Uh, hopefully that uh, hopefully people who listen to season five of Mythical feel the same way. I think it's day and night different in audio quality. For sure. It just sounds very, very professional, I guess is the word. Well, as it should. As, yeah, as it should. So uh, we're adding a brand new reward. So that by the time you're listening to this, there should be a new reward up. Uh, it's going to be a $40 a month reward. And it is going to get you in an exclusive chat, uh, group chat in Slack with uh, me, Nick, Miss D, Will, Mark, and Maddie, all the other admins. If you don't know, uh, you wouldn't know, obviously, but uh, the admins are the admins of the Slack are a big part of what makes it super effective work, I guess, in the in the instance that I go to them for feedback of they are very in touch with the community and all the people in Slack more so than I am. And so I think it's important that. You know, when they come to me and they say, hey, you should spend 15 to 20 minutes on the next episode and really go over the Patreon stuff because I, I think it's important to uh, you living and it's important to the show. Uh, I go, OK, well, I guess we're going to spend 20 minutes on the next show talking about Patreon. Uh, they've and come, here we are. Here we are. And they've come <laughs> up with a lot more stuff that uh, I probably should be giving them credit for. But the $40 a month is going to be called the exclusive uh, producer tier. That's going to get you in that channel with us is so you can talk about things like this was a week-long conversation before this actually happened and there are more things on the horizon we need to talk about to make sure that you know going forward 
The podcast stays fresh. The podcast stays engaging. The podcast stays fun for listeners. On top of all the stuff I'm doing now on Twitch, uh, on top of other podcasts I'm doing, like Alola Vacation, like Mythical, like The Carve, uh, I'm pretty much getting to one podcast a week at this point. <laughs> Wait, one podcast a day, you mean? Yes, we, yes, yes. <laughs> between the two of us, we do like one yeah it's already one podcast a day we're we're both doing multiple podcasts a week it's it's what i love doing i love that you guys are supporting i just wanted to take a second to do to like talk about all the rewards there's a ton of new rewards so uh if you're a dollar or four dollars uh, hopefully i'm not asking a whole lot to ask you to bump up to a dollar i don't think that's dramatic to ask for uh, if you're interested in the other rewards, like the Mythical tier or the ex- Exclusive Producer tier, they are there for you to pledge to, or the Helix Mail. By the time you're listening to this, letters will just go out for the month of October, so you should still be safe for November's. If you sign up this month, I usually wait about two weeks after the month because sometimes payments don't clear, and sometimes it's it's a hassle. They get mailed in the middle of the month. You would think I'd mail them at the beginning of the month, but with how Patreon delays things at the first of the month, it... It just is easier if I mail them mid-month. So that's all I got. Uh, final final thing before we get to emails and, and the rest of the show is the Twitch stuff. I am doing a playthrough of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon on Twitch this Friday at 8 p.m. Central Time. Twitch.tv slash PKMNCast. I would love if you stop by and you say hi in the chat. Uh, if you pull it up and lurk while you're making dinner or uh, playing... Counter-Strike or <laughs> Call of Duty or whatever the kids are playing. Or or Monster Hunter. Or Monster Hunter. I would love for you to just stop by. Definitely say hi if you haven't. If you have an Amazon Prime account, you can support me on Twitch for, for, for free. doesn't cost you anything. You can do it once a month. Every 30, 30 days, you can hit that subscribe button. And that gets me one step closer to a Twitch partnership. I don't know exactly how many subs subscriptions you need for a twitch partnership but i think i'm actually really close to it uh i'm i'm just i'm just shy of 150 subs i would love to get to 200 subs uh in the next week so i can apply for partnership especially with ultra sun and ultra moon coming do you know how much money you get from the amazon prime uh backers or whatever that's called two dollars and fifty cents you get $2.50. So here's the deal, people, because Steve hasn't crunched the numbers on this, but I'm, I'm giving you the quick grab on it, right? How much does an Amazon Prime uh, subscription count cost every year? Is it 90 still or something like that? I think it's 99 $99, $100, right? That you're given to Amazon Prime, Amazon, whether you get things shipped or you don't get things shipped or you watch one of their movies that they selectively make free for prime and it's never the one you want to watch and you end up paying 3.99 to borrow the movie or whatever. here's the deal you click that button once a month and say i want my twitch prime fund to go to pkmn cast that's your twitch name right yes you are basically giving yourself a you're giving yourself a $36 coupon to Amazon Prime. And Steve gets the money. So That's true. And if I like... <laughs> And if I become a partner, I get more than just 50%. I think it's a 60/40 split. So I get a little bit more. Got to got to like sub. 
mash that sub button, hit the little ringy bell so you get the notifications on your phone whenever he goes live. That is true. And then he says, it's going to be about five more minutes. That's what (laughs) always happens to me because I like jump in. I'm like, PKMN cast is live. I'm going to watch that. And then I get the little message. It's going to be about five more minutes. I'm getting better at that. The last week I've been resetting up everything to make everything much more streamlined and, and faster to go. I don't know if you saw the last TCG stream, Will, but I did redid all the graphics. I think it looks great. Got a lot of compliments on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, anytime you ever say the phrase, Amazon fix everything, that's a common phrase in my house. And, you know, it's basically because you last minute need something and you go on Amazon. I want you to tie a string around your finger and then that'll be your reminder to go onto Twitch and do the Amazon Prime what is it called? It's got to have a Prime. name. To the, the Twitch Prime dealy literally costs you nothing, but you're putting money out to Pokemon Podcast, and you basically you're you're just taking money out of that Prime subscription that you paid anyways. So <laughs> that's yes, uh, it's that, a coupon that also gets you. So when you sub to Twitch Prime, uh, you get no ads when you watch PKMN cast on Twitch. You get exclusive emotes that you can use on anyone's channel if you like to go to other Twitch channels and use emotes. You get the Pika Derp. You get the Pika Derp. Uh, you also you get the WAP Zip. You get the WAP Zip. From my understanding, you can't Twitch Prime on mobile. I've tr- I personally tried it today on my friend's phone because I wanted to see how it works. I will put the link in the show notes of this episode. It seems like you can sign up for Twitch Prime. You can. You can sub on the Twitch app, but you can't sub on the Twitch app with Twitch Prime. I know it's really frustrating. They just rolled out bits on on the Twitch app like two weeks ago, so I think they're getting to it. But if you're curious of how to sub on Twitch Prime, you have to be on a desktop computer, from my understanding. And to, the instructions and how to do that will be in the show notes below. But if you can do that, that's awesome. If you're not using your Twitch Prime sub, please do, because that encourages... Not only me, but other content creators to create content. It's really healthy for the stuff that is on Twitch. But more importantly, you get it for free. So take advantage of it. If you have ever had a boring Friday afternoon and you're like, I'm going to watch Steve play Pokemon TCG Friday afternoon lunch, then you need to be hitting the Twitch Prime for, for PKMN cast. And, you know, throw in your $2 so that he continues to <laughs> lose. No, you actually don't lose. You're not me. <laughs> um, play Pokemon TCG on your Friday afternoons while you're at work and you're bored anyways. And then you can, like, see him make jokes and stuff. Yeah. I'm not too bad at the TCG. Not like me. So just a huge, huge thank you to everyone who supports on Patreon. If you If you have any questions about how Patreon works, please do not hesitate to contact me, Twitter, Slack, Facebook, email, sbj at pkmncast.com, Twitter at Dragging Lake, or Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. My direct messages, my DMs are open on both, so um, you can you know privately message me either way if you have any questions or comments or concerns. And now we'll resume to the regular show. Again, thank you for your time. I know this took uh, probably a little bit longer than I wanted to. I just wanted to explain that the Patreon is really important at this point in time and i hope to continue making content really great content and even more content for the foreseeable future i don't hate 
hate Zelda. Zelda's good. Very it's like much. boring and bad. Zelda's good. Mm, interesting. Zelda's good. There's probably a horse at some point. And we are back from our break. Let's tackle some emails. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email them over to us at sbj at pkmncast.com. Or you can go to PokemonPodcast.com and hit that contact button. Both ways acceptable. First email here is from Michael S. from Ajax, Ontario, Canada. I don't know if that's a real place or not. but uh, Or if I said that right. Says here, hey, Pokemon Podcast team. I started listening to the podcast a few months ago, and I really enjoy hearing your opinions on the video game and the anime. I can't remember if you talked about it during the Pokemon movie I Choose You review discussion on the episode when the movie premiered, but oh, I don't know if I need to cut this email here. We'll see how spoilery this is. Oh, it's not that big of a spoiler. It says spoilers ahead, but trust me, it's not a spoiler. Uh, What did you guys think about Team Rocket's limited role in the movie? I know that they were purely there for comic relief, but I felt it was weird that Ash had no direct interaction with them when you know the relationship between the main anime continuity. Also in the credits, it shows Team Rocket now with Wobbuffet following Ash when he comes across a Heracross. Assuming this means that he is now in the Johto region and completed the Indigo League, do you think that Ash still didn't know Team Rocket follows him? And why are they still following him? Is it because they think they can lead him to a legendary Pokemon? Unlike in the original series where their main objective was to steal Pikachu. I know I'm reading way too deep into a children's movie, but it is fun to speculate. Uh, Michael. Well, my first response is in a lot of the um, regular uh, series episodes, if they basically don't want the episode to be focused on Team Rocket doing something wacky, they get rid of them pretty early. They just have them like do something short, not even noticed by Ash, and it's blasting off again, and you don't see them for the rest of the episode. So this has been established as a, a mechanic for allowing Team Rocket to have a presence and getting those voice actors a paycheck, and then not <laughs> having them be actually part of the core plot of the, of the programming. And yeah, I think if... For all the uproar that there was about this particular film, if there had been no Team Rocket at all, that that would have been even even more, you know, multiplied, you know, so much more. So there's a way to have them get in there, uh, a little comic relief, especially at some particularly dramatic moments, and then, you know, pop out and not really affect the plot at all. It just, it felt a little bit weird, the fact that they, you know, one of... <sighs> I'm always a little bit weird about the whole Team Rocket thing because it's like, oh, we're now basically, you know, several hundred meters up in the air and we just fall down. And like this one, they l- no, oh, that's probably too spoilery. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they if they spent time to introduce Team Rocket and had them interact with Ash and company, they just would have wasted too much time in a movie that was that's main focus was on Ash and Pikachu. It just would have been a time waste at that point. And 
uh, what Will said, I mean, they had, I think they would have had to been there. I, I think the way they used Team Rocket in the movie was 100% acceptable. They were used as comic relief, and I think that's fine. Uh, I, I agree with Will in that aspect. I agree with Al, where I think Team Rocket is definitely overplayed, but I don't know how much they were used in X and Y, because I didn't see a lot of those episodes. Uh, but I will say from what I've seen in Sun and Moon, there are just episodes, there, there are at least three episodes where Team Rocket's not in it at all. And I can recall one episode where they just show up for a second and then they they blast off right away and then they're done. Maybe they're getting more comfortable with that of like, hey, we want to tell a story in 22 minutes and Team Rocket is one minute too long. And just let's just not have them in this episode, which I'm glad they're getting away from that crutch. I think my problem in the film was the fact that it was basically the same thing five times. They turn up, <laughs> they look at Ash, they go, oh, we're going to follow him to catch Ho, Ho, and then something happens and they blast off. You know, what? If Ho's been... in the movie? How did I miss that? <laughs> I mean, if it had been once or twice, then it would have been an entirely different thing. But five, I think it was five or six times. I can't remember how many, but it just felt, oh, look, it's them again. I wonder what's going to happen this time. Uh, Philip writes in from Alaska. Hey, gang, I love your podcast so much. I've been listening for the past seven months, and this is my first time writing in. The reason I started listening to the show was because I got a Game Boy from a garage sale. So I went and bought Pokemon Blue, kind of old for 2007, but it's so much fun. But so much fun your show has taught me about Pokemon. Thanks. So now, to my question, what is your favorite Pokemon island and why? Keep up the great work. Wow. Um, full, cir- I've, I've full circle to island talk. That's a tough one. I, I'm a fan of the second island. What is the second island in Alola? Are they, I, don't, I mean, is that more open to Alola? Like there's well, there, I mean, you it, could say like of the Orange Islands, did they have names? I never got that far. I was, in the I, first was game. I was just about to look that up. <laughs> um, uh, but isn't all of Hoenn Islands? Isn't it like three hundred island? I don't know geography. Uh, Orange Ar- Archipelago, the Orange Archipelago, known as the Orange Islands, is a region shown in the anime. You have uh, Valencia Island, Tangelo Island, Mikan Island, Meridian Island North, Sunburst Island, Pican Island, Fukurami Island Number Four, uh, Nino Island, Unnamed Island, Naval Island, The Seven Grapefruit Islands, Moro Island, Golden Island, uh, Murkat Island, Unnamed Island, uh, Meridian Island South, Trovita Island, Fairchild Island, Shamuti Island, Fire Island, Lightning Island, Ice Island. Also, I didn't know, but apparently Fire, Ice, and Lightning Island from Pokemon the Movie 2000 are, takes place in the Orange Islands. Unnamed Island, Cleopatra Island, Obscurably Island, Butwal Island, Kumquat Island, that's a name, Rind Island, Unnamed Island, Pumelio Island, Tarcolo Island, and Hamlin Island. There are all your islands in the Orange Archipelago. I have an answer for my favorite island of Pokemon. <laughs> I just had to look up the name because I couldn't remember it. Birth Island. Burst? Birth. Birth. Oh man, my accent's getting in the way again. <laughs> Birth. B-I-R-T-H. 
the island you get um deoxys on in uh is it fire fire red and leaf green oh okay 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 yep spoiler alert <laughs> uh my favorite island would be sunburst island which is the episode and location of the crystal annex yeah i'm gonna stay with akala island okay man there's a lot of islands i like the orange islands a lot that was such a cool concept yeah i'm sad we never got them in a game i know i think the sevi islands are kind of meant to be vaguely connected to them but i just i feel like we should have got something with the orange islands in i was always disappointed about that they have their own professor too professor ivy there's so much lore behind Ah, i would be okay if that got turned into a game Travis writes in from Alberta, Canada, uh, says, Hi, recently enjo- recently found the show and I enjoy it. Enjoy it. I went back and listened to the episodes you did for the Sun and Moon launch, and they were great listened to as a retrospective. I hope you do the same for Ultra, Su- Ultra Sun and Moon. Thanks for the great show. Uh, I did respond to this, but I will respond on air. Uh, we are doing the same recap for... Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Uh, you guys probably know by now, Will is the slowest Pokemon player in the world. So this gives Will plenty, plenty of time to play Pokemon and not having to worry about doing an episode for the week. Gives Al a week or two off. Uh, and I will bring on both Irene and Micah. And we will do the same thing we did before. We will play through the games. We will do episodes per every major event it was supposed to be every trial last time but the first 17 hours of the game was trying to get through the tutorial of holding your hand so hopefully that doesn't exist in the new game uh but uh, we're probably aiming for 10 to 12 episodes they should be they they should be 30 minutes long but they almost always go longer and they should be released daily for your enjoyment, uh, once that comes out on Friday. So that's the goal. Let's do a couple more emails here. This is from Sammy from London, England, right down the street from Al. You know, there's a fun fact. <laughs> there is a street in Edinburgh which goes all the way from Edinburgh to London, uh, unchanged with the same name. Well, that's quite a long road. Well, especially as it has houses on it at either end. Uh, it turns into a motorway at some point, uh, which, or I guess, highway to you guys. <laughs> um, but it is still technically the same road. Wait, highway or freeway? What's the difference? Oh, man. Uh, freeways you pay for, highways are free. <laughs> you pay for? I'm huh? kidding. <laughs> there are highways in America that you have to pay for. What? Yeah, now, I think people on the West Coast for. use freeway more frequently, and pretty much everybody on the East Coast is everything's a highway. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what the actual difference is between them, but for to explain some America to uh, Al here, Chicago, or most of Illinois, has a paid highway system, and the money apparently goes to making the highway better, but you have when you when I'm leaving Wisconsin to go to Illinois, there's like f- anywhere from two to five times I have to pay 
uh, depending on how deep into Illinois I need to go. And so you can either pull over to a toll booth and you can pay them in cash or you can buy a device called an iPass, which you put in your window and then you drive through this camera at your normal speed and the camera takes an IR blast of your window and your license plates and you it just auto pays from whatever currency is on your piece of plastic that you stuck in your window. And it can range anywhere between, I don't know, like 50 cents. I don't know how many squids that is. Uh, 50 cents to like $4, depending. Do you want a real fun fact? On the island of Oahu, there are three interstates. <laughs> I think you also have to pay to go across the Golden Gate Bridge. You're probably familiar with that. That's That's a pretty well-known bridge. It's like... Uh, I'm probably wrong. I'm probably definitely wrong. When I paid to go across, uh, so you can you can go across the Golden Gate Bridge one way for free. I think it's two. I don't know which direction is free, or maybe at least it was free when I went. But when you go to U-turn to go around, it's like eight bucks to cross that bridge. Dude, GW Bridge in Manhattan is like thirteen dollars to get across one way. Stop your misrepresentation of economics <laughs> right you guys you uh, i think i think you guys need to understand the whole concept of taxes right the the point of taxes is so you don't have to just do these things when you want to do them oh man we did used to have on the bridge near me um we did used to have a toll on that but then we got a new government that said this is silly and got rid of it yeah bridges we should start a bridge podcast I love. No, we should. We should have a start a tax podcast. Tax talk. Oh. Uh, I don't with, think I'm with I'm, Alan Steve. I don't think I'm versed enough in that. When the IRS comes for me because of Patreon, <laughs> I will let you know how that pans out. I might have more to talk about then. For the record, I did pay. I did and still do pay taxes on Patreon. <laughs> let me get that in audio recording form. Uh, this is from. It's all right. They they heard you say the first thing and they turned off and they're on their way already. <laughs> they're on their way over. We have a lot of emails from England this week or slash London or Canada. Maybe not. Uh, this is from Sammy from London, England. Hey, SBJ, just heard at the end of Mythical Icebreaker that you weren't sure if it would be the last season or not, and you wanted feedback, I absolutely adore Mythical, and was so excited when the first season appeared in, first episode appeared in my feed. I prefer the once-a-week streamed version, personally, as it felt more like I was there. But I have loved every series. I'm sure it's hard work, and hard work timing out with everyone, but if you could combine Mythical with streaming again in the future, that would be great. I'm sure you've probably thought of that, but if you wanted feedback, and I guess I'm kind of rambling now, so thank you and bye. <laughs> yeah, so I think we said it last week. I don't remember. Uh, season five of Mythical is now in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Stitcher or Google Play or SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever. Uh, season five is available. The first two episodes are out. Episode three will appear on Tuesday. Uh, they will all appear on Tuesday. They're a little bit shorter in form. Uh, I think most of them will be around the 30 to 45 minute mark. Last episode was about 20 minutes long, and there's a reason for that. 
just the magic of cutting and editing. Uh, it is... Most seasons of Mythical are standalone, which just means that you could you could pick up at season three, for example, without needing to listen to season one or two. Or you could listen to season two and season four and not feel like you're missing out by not listening to season one or three. Uh, season five has a lot of old returning characters, and we don't spend any time establishing who those characters are or what their personalities are. The reason is because we've established that in previous seasons. So it's like, oh, this character's from season one. So if I've listened to season one, I know who they are. So it is recommended that you do know that you have listened to past seasons, which I didn't I didn't want that to happen, but here we are. Uh I I do think personally that you can listen to season five without listening to the other seasons, and you would be fine. I think with most D&D games, characters are very, uh, what's the word? Very over-characterized, so it's kind of easy to figure out what personalities they have right away because they're accentuated. I don't know if that's the right word. That's a better word, accentuated. They're, they're, They're very strong, strongly accentuated characters, so... It's easy to pick up what the what their deal is. Right. Yeah. So I think I think if you were to listen to season five, you might you might not get the full story because you've missed out on hours of development. But because the characters are so accentuated, it's very easy to be like, oh, this character is very noble and only wants good things to happen and they're going to stick by that. Or oh, this character's a jerk, and they're only very concerned about themselves. I think it's very easy to tell that. So that being said, Season 5, there are old characters placed in a new scenario that doesn't really have a lot of weight or bearing on things that happened in the past. So it is easy. I'm, I'm, I'm using that word with air quotes, hopefully. Easy to just start and listen there if you want to. If not, no big deal. And... Just for some clarification, because I did get a little feedback to this, some people listened to the cold open of episode one and went, this doesn't make any sense. That was done on purpose. It is a scene that is set up as you are eavesdropping. So think of it as you're hearing two friends talking and you come into the conversation late. You also left the conversation early, so you're missing the beginning and the end of that conversation. And that is done purposely, as in that will be revealed later. I don't know. It's storytelling. Don't I? It's I've tried. That's what season five of Mythical should be called. I tried. <laughs> I think Greg tried. <laughs> You're just harnessing the pieces. Yes. Uh, let's do one more email. Uh, this is from Joshua from Rhode Island. Lots of island talk. Uh, hi, PKMN cast. I went to a TCG pre-release the other week for Crimson Invasion. I like the set, but one thing that, but one thing really got to me. Uh, so as you know, everyone gets a starter box with a promo, some base set cards, three booster packs, and then makes a 40 card deck and plays for four prize cards. Well, let me tell you something. Someone got a Guzzlord, made a deck using one Guzzlord and 39 energies, and he won every match in three turns. This card is so broken. Now think of competitively, play and run four Guzzlords and all energy, you'd win. I'd just like to tell you guys 
about the taste of what I experienced in the new set and what your thoughts on Ultra Beast in the TCG. Thanks for all the content you guys provide. Josh, you are. I just looked it up because I'm no fool. <laughs> uh, would you, you probably understand why it would win in a pre-release. I know exactly why it would win, but do you want to read its its attacks? So uh, for it, the first attack is eat sloppily. It is requires one dark energy and it is discard the top five cards of your deck. If any of those cards are energy cards, attach them to this Pokemon. Um, it has a second regular attack called Tyrannical Hold, which is five energy, but we don't care about that one. Um, and then it's GX attack. And remember, GX attacks can only be used once. You use a GX attack. You can't use another GX attack throughout your entire game. That is for five darkness energy. Uh, if your opponent's Pokemon is knocked out by damage from this attack, take two more prize cards. Um <laughs> I mean, this is very similar to the, uh, there was, uh, what is the fire guy who eats the steel ants? Um, heat more. Heat more. So heat more a while, years ago, obviously had an attack where it was the same thing, you know, reveal the top. It actually it was different, but similar reveal the top four cards of your deck for every fire energy that you reveal, you get yeah, times 50 on your attack. So, Basically, you built a deck which was four heat more and 36 fire energy. So <laughs> you were pretty much guaranteed that every time you attacked, it was for 200. Um, and for the majority of the Pokemon out there, that's an instant knockout. So pretty much you could, you could win quickly. Um, so for this one, you know, that's, that's a good strategy for a pre-release. You, I mean, and, and I've talked about this before, I think, right? Pre-release format is, Every, anything goes. I mean, the, you're going to find these ridiculous things. And if somebody does pull the Guzzlord GX, then that this is exactly what they're going to do. Because... If they understand the pre-release format. Yes. Which is just, you know, you, you want to hit for power. You don't want to be strategic. No strategy. Keep it as simple, folks. <laughs> the strategy is the simpler your deck, the better it performs, really. Don't evolve anything ever <laughs> use as few pokemon as possible uh and yeah keep it keep it super simple and so yeah i mean because you're gonna building your deck that way even if it is just one guzzlord his uh hp is 210 so there's going to be very few pokemon out there that will uh be able to do to do a, a one hit knockout on on that um he is is he weak? He's weak to fighting. So I don't know what fighting Pokemon Buzzswall. might be in this set. Buzzswall would have been uh, around, but I don't think Buzzswall sets up as fast as Guzzlord. Well, I mean, obviously this sets up super fast because you attach one energy your first turn. Which you're guaranteed uh, to have. <laughs> Cards like this have always existed to expand on this question and go like, what if you have four of these in a actual deck, in a 60 card deck, wouldn't wouldn't that be over wouldn't that be powerful question to that is no those decks don't work they do, they work in pre-release because no one has good cards when you're when you're given a uh a, a pre-made basic basic deck at a pre-release and then you're giving three three boosters you can't actually make real decks whoever pulls these pokemon whether that's 
a Buswell GX or a Fairmosa GX or a Guzzlord GX, they almost always win because they were lucky enough to pull a GX card. At the pre-release I went to for Burning Shadows, and Will, you were there, uh, the person who won, quote-unquote, pretty sure won everything, they had a Galissapod GX. And Galissapod, while it is a stage one Pokemon, you need Wimpod, uh, if they were able to draw into that Galissapod, uh, they would pretty much win because Galissapod has 210 HP for one energy can do 120 damage, which pretty much knocks out anything. And then for three energy, uh, they're set for the game with armor press for 100 or um, crosscut for 150 as their GX move. This has always existed. This is always common. But that that Guzzlord GX, uh, Guzzlord, four Guzzlord and 56 Dark Energy doesn't work in the actual format because people have full competent decks that can stop that. Sure, they can do 180 damage possibly in in two turns because of Eat Sloppily. But if you're playing in the actual format, and you can't knock out a 210 HP Pokemon in two turns as well, uh, you're probably not playing a very good deck. Whereas I play Galissapod Garboder, and by turn two, I should be able to do 120 damage, if not 150 damage. And if Guzzlord has happened to get set up and ready to knock me out, I'll have something else on the bench to get ready to knock it out. Uh, in return, not to mention you could use something like Tapu Lele, which if they have five energy on plus a double colorless, you're looking at seven energy for seven energy, which is 140 damage from Tapu Lele just by playing a single double colorless. So there are plenty, plenty of cards to return that. So uh, what? Long story short, four Guzzlords and 56 energy in a real deck does not work. On paper, it works, but it just <laughs> don't do it. It, it it might get you a couple wins, but it's it's not an actual legit competitive deck. Yeah, I, the only other thing I was going to say is, I mean, the reason that this is also powerful is because in the pre-release format, you only have four prizes. So if you, Guzzlord, takes out an EX and is taking two prizes for the EX and then two additional prizes, that's, you know, a one one kill win. Um, and that's a hundred percent. And if it's doing a regular Pokemon and taking three prizes for killing that one Pokemon, that's a 75% of the prizes in the normal, uh, regular six prize format. If Guzzlord takes out an EX and is taking four prizes, that's only, you know, whatever, 66%, two thirds of the prizes, not a hundred percent of the prizes. And if it takes out a regular Pokemon that's only 50% of the prizes. So it's not as speedy in, in bringing you to the win by prizes as, uh, as other things might be. And in the main game, you have stuff like N, you have stuff like counter catcher, counter energy, uh, stuff that will let you catch back up and put them at a disadvantage in situations like that. So, and those, usually those cards don't all exist at the same time in a pre-release. Thank you guys for emailing in. Catching up on emails again. Let's jump over to our Pokemon of the week. This week's Pokemon is Delcati, and I'll throw it to Will to take it away. 
All right, the biology of Delcaddy. Delcaddy is a quadruped, feline Pokemon with a mostly tan body. It has a pointed, whisker-like protrusion on each cheek. Its purple ears have three tufts of fur at the tips, and there is a purple ruff-like collar with pin-like extensions around its neck. It has slim legs with tiny, digitless paws. It also possesses a purple, flower-like tuft of hair on the end of its thin tail. Delcaddy is happy most of the time and rarely gets involved in conflicts. When it is disturbed, it just moves to another area instead of fighting. It prefers to do as it pleases at its own pace, so its daily routine is random. It is popular among female trainers and used in competitions for its style and sublime fur. It is nocturnal and active at dusk. It lives in forests. It does not have a permanent nest and instead finds comfortable spots to sleep. The origin of Delcaddy. Delcaddy is based on a domestic cat. It also has hairstyle similar to a poodle. <laughs> Shiny Delcaddy will be red or reddish orange instead of the purple that it normally is. I feel like the Generation 5 sprites are so much brighter and more colorful than X and Y and Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. That's because Generation 5 was the best generation. Oh, they had, they had more more color possibility on the normal DS than they do the 3DS, I guess. Uh, trivia, as Generation 7, Delcaddy's EVs yield 1 HP and 1 speed is unique. I don't know what that means. It means that the EV that you get for defeating Delcaddy, you can only get from Delcaddy. So you get 1 HP and 1 speed for each Delcaddy you knock it. Oh, instead of like just one HP for knocking out like a Caterpie? Yes, I'm not going to say that's definitely the right one. I can't remember what. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not is, sure but... that was just an example, but. <laughs> but yes, yes. Most you only get. I think we had this discussion a few weeks ago in that I think we said you said that mo- all are just one, but in fact, yes, most are just one, whereas some you can get them in two different ones. Oh. Well, that's cool. Uh, I was using Delcaddy in Gale of Darkness. Let me tell you, as cute as Delcaddy is, also 25% male, 75% female ratio, uh, as cute as Delcaddy is, uh, it is not a good Pokemon. <laughs> it's garbage. It, it, it is so... Oh. It's so weak. Like, I, I taught it Hyper Beam. And let me tell you, does little to no damage. I mean, the main thing you want from Delcaddy, and I'm just looking at, you know, regular stats and everything. Uh, I mean, it's it, where it's looking to perform is in speed, and it has it's a relatively large move pool. It does. Maybe. It does. It, has a, it, it, it can learn a lot of moves. It cannot learn Psychic, which was a big bummer. Uh, at least- well, it can learn Zen Headbutt. Well, they didn't have Zen Headbutt for me to buy at the Battle oh, Coliseum. Sorry. Sorry. And yet you do want to focus on physical attacks with Delcaddy because that's got uh, 10 more points than special attacks. Uh, the Attract Paralyze strategy was going well, but the <laughs> can I rant about Gale of Darkness? I'm almost done with that game, by the way. I have 
from my understanding, I have one more area to go, and from what everyone tells me, it's a very big one more area to go. How long to beat the game.com or whatever it's called says that most people beat the game in average 26 hours. I'm at 24 hours in the game. Uh, and all my Pokemon are almost level 40. But that game is so broken when it comes to battling. And what I mean by that is there is no rhyme or reason why moves do a specific amount of damage. And it's really frustrating. So what I mean by that is if I have a Mightyna, which I do, and it knows Bite, and I go into a battle, and I Bite a Golduck, for example, it will do about one-third of Golduck's health. Right? Okay? If I then Bite again, you would think, based on no stats changing... So no growls, no intimidates, no defensive curls, nothing. You would think if I bite the same Golduck again, it would do another one-third HP, which is what it should do. Nothing has changed, but it doesn't. It just picks some random arbitrary number and randomly will do like one-sixth damage the next turn for no rhyme or reason. Did you watch Jurassic Park? <laughs> remember that film, Jurassic yes. Park? All right, remember when Jeff Goldblum does like the drop of water on the back of the person's hand and he's like, well, what do you think if I do another drop of water? Is it going to go the same way or is it going to go a different way? And they're like, oh yeah, it's going to do the same. And then he's like, drop of water and it goes a different way. And he's like, that's chaos theory. See, you're just getting a lesson in chaos. Theory. I see. I understand now. It's all making sense. There's been so many situations in the game, though, where it's like, okay, this move has done half damage to the Pokemon. I'm just going to do that one more time to knock it out. And it randomly does just significantly less damage for no reason. It's not like it's a move that scales. It's not like it was a critical hit the first time. Just sometimes moves just don't do uh, the correct amount of damage for no reason. And it's really frustrating in battle. Let me tell you. Well, so if you think about how it would actually happen if this was real, you would be doing a bite, and it would depend on whereabouts you got the bite on the other Pokemon. It would depend whether you fully sunk your teeth in, or you just got a little bit off the side. Wait, like this- wait, 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 wait. This is not Monster Hunter. Don't, this is Pokemon. Don't defend <laughs> Genius Soriety's bad coding. This doesn't happen in the main series game. Yet. <laughs> Uh, it's not enjoyable. Also, I can never remember what the special physical split was because they weren't split properly at this time. So I think like all dark type moves are, is, I I don't even know. I just know that like the split didn't happen. And so that really throws me off. Not that that's the problem. The problem is just the randomness in damage that's getting output. But, uh, I cannot wait to be done with that game. It's much better than Coliseum though. With that being said, let's move on to some house cleaning. Big, big, big night on Friday, November 17th at 8 p.m. Central Time. If you can join me, please do twitch.tv slash pkmncast. I believe that is 10 a.m. if you are in Perth, Australia. Uh, Really, the whole stream was centered around Perth. So please join me there, twitch.tv slash pkmncast. 
the Sun and Moon episodes will go out hopefully daily throughout throughout the rest of the week when that comes up. Uh, you should be safe to look at the episode title and figure out that, hey, I'm not to trial three yet, so I don't. Spoiler, there are no gyms. There are trials. Uh, so I haven't been to trial three, so I, don't, I won't listen to this. I don't know how similar or how different these games are. So maybe episodes will stay rant, uh, stay short because it might be pretty much exactly the same. I'm not 100% sure. But I will say when we come back to regular episodes, they we will not spoil the game in those episodes without a proper warning in the episode. So I know last year there were people that were like, I didn't listen to your podcast for two months because I didn't want to get spoiled. Keep in mind that when we do like the news segment, we are only reporting on news that is from the Pokemon company or is from Niantic or is from wherever. Speculation aside, we speculate all the time. That's fine. But if it is spoilers, something like something like this, we will put it off to the side. So if you still want something to listen to every single week after the Sun and Moon epi- episodes... We should be doing a normal show, and then anything in regards to possible spoilers, we will put a proper warning for you. So you guys still have something to listen to every single week, so you still get your Pokemon fix, and so you can safely listen without being like, well, they just spoiled who the champion is in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. That sucks. Fair warning. Spoiler, it's Iris. Iris from Black and White coming back, Sun and Moon. So yeah, we will we will give proper warning. We want to make sure that you guys still can come back to the show without like worrying. So keep that in mind. Uh, hopefully, you guys made it this far. You might be like, oh, they might be spoiling stuff, but hopefully, the uh, the the message at the beginning of the episode helped you make it this far. I think that's it. I don't know if I'm forgetting anything. I feel like I am. Maybe I'll edit it in. Al, where can our listeners find you? Uh, Scotland. Uh, sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on Twitter, I am Yamanic Kill. Y a m a n i c k i l. Will is on Twitter at Wash in the Sink. I am at Twitter at Dragging a Lake. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast, and we are almost to I think 800 reviews in Apple Podcasts. So if you have just a couple seconds and you have not reviewed us yet, uh, please do. It definitely helps us out. I would love to get to 800 reviews by the end of the year. I think that's totally doable. Yep, we are almost at 800 here. So it just takes a couple seconds to leave us a review. Uh, If you're interested in Mythical or you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. But that is also in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, Please check that out. Uh, season five is up and ready to go so hopefully you guys enjoy that otherwise enjoy ultra sun ultra moon hope you guys uh have a good time stick around if you are interested in spoilers as al and i will return to talk about that in a little bit otherwise this has been another episode of the pokemon podcast and we are super bonnets
like the hot. Oh, congratulations. I thought you were going to say like the front of a car. Oh, that's that too, of course. Not not here, there isn't. That's a hood. There's a hood. No, a hood's what you've got on your, your jacket, your hoodie, or your zippy. No, that's also a hood. Oh, dear. Or your, of course, your, uh, um, oh, no, I've forgotten the word. Never mind. <laughs> uh, d- uh, d- um. It's Super Effective is hosted and produced by me, Steve Black Jr. Logo and artwork for ISC was also created by me. Theme music was by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISE, consider leaving a review in Apple Podcasts or tell a fellow trainer about us. If you'd like to support ISE, you can do so over at Patreon, patreon.com slash it's super effective. One of my goals in life is to make podcasting my full-time job, and if just half the listeners of ISE donated $1 a month, I could easily make that a reality. For as little as $1 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community to chat with other listeners of ISC. And for $4 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next week.